Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're talking about seeking information. And this one's a little bit too faceted. First is the important job of a child to seek information. We might even say that's their number one job, to experiment with the world, to play with things, to interact with their environment and the adults in their lives in a way that provides more data. The other aspect of seeking information is our responsibility and the important role of adults to seek out more information. We often make assumptions, and sometimes those assumptions are really helpful, but there are other times when our assumptions don't always serve the needs of a child. So we're going to explore three examples today, and hopefully these feel familiar because they're things that come up for us all day long, and so we think that they're probably pretty universal to childhood and to your child, or at least something that you can identify with as being plausible for your child's life. And so we'll look at each of those aspects and see what information the child might be seeking and what information we as adults need to seek in each of those information. So children usually figure out pretty quickly if you ask questions, an adult usually responds, whether that's a parent or a teacher or sometimes even a stranger. If you ask a question, that's a really good way to start a conversation. And so it's not uncommon for most things a child says to be questions. But why is that? And so we thought we'd look at that a little more deeply today. So the first example is, I need help. If you're at home listening, raise your hand if you've never heard a child say, I need help. I bet everybody has their hands down. Everybody has heard, I need help. And we do often need help. Children are often faced with the idea that they need help. Most of the world is out of their reach. It's either something they don't know or something that's too big or beyond their capacities. That's the nature of childhood, is that they're growing into the world, growing into knowledge and growing into skills. They're not there yet. And with different levels of comfort, with difficulty, with different size and how accessible their environment is to them and how they're feeling about their skills and abilities, there's going to be different times during the day and during their life that they're going to say, I need help. Sometimes it's actually verbally saying those words. And sometimes it's tears from a pre-verbal child or a little bit of frustration or a little bit of irritation on the part of a teenager who's struggling with a friendship. But we all need help. It's natural to the human experience and it's especially natural to childhood when we're still learning those coping skills, we're still learning troubleshooting, and we're still learning to have confidence in ourselves and in our abilities. So I need help is something that comes up in the classroom and in everyday life all the time. And we had a child working with a chain, and they said, I need help. And the immediate response, the natural response, is to go over there and help and take a look at what they're doing and to say, oh, yeah, 25 comes next, yeah, or, or yes, this is wrong. But we went over to look at this child's work, because if a child identifies that they need help, we're going to try and provide that help to the best of our ability 
to the best of this child's need. Sometimes helping a child means saying, okay, you keep working on it and I'll be there soon. Or sometimes it means go ask Sarah, she can help you. Or sometimes it means immediately going over there for, because for this child to identify that they need help, that's huge. So for this child going over, let's go look together. And so we looked at the chain work that they were doing and everything looked pretty good. And so rather than assuming, oh yeah, this child needs me to tell them what comes next or needs me to count with them or where, where did you end up? Okay, so this last one is 42. What comes next? We just asked, well, what do you need help with? And this child, this five and a half year old was able to say, well, I don't know which one comes next. And so we were able to ask more information because everything about this child's work so far indicated you do know what comes next. You might have gotten stuck for a moment or a little distracted or forgot where you were. And so that's our time to seek information. But it looks like you're doing fine so far. Uh, what's this one? What did you end up with? And they were able to name the last number. And so, okay. And then they immediately picked up the work and counted from there. 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49. And then we're able to identify, you don't need my help. You're doing it all by yourself. You're doing fine all by yourself. I'll be over there if you need me, but I don't think you do. You're doing fine. So sometimes we think we need help, but really what we need is affirmation or a companion or somebody to believe in us. And that's one of those times when making an assumption that this child actually did need help would have been doing that child a disservice. And so seeking information, asking, asking the child, what do you need help with? Because maybe they needed help with something that I couldn't identify. Maybe they need help because a smaller child was observing their work in a way that was observing with their hands or talking to them and not being very respectful or not yet having learned the skills of observation. So what they needed help with was asking this child to please walk away or a reminder of how to observe politely. Or maybe what they needed help with was tying their shoe. Or maybe what they needed help with was a friend nearby had made a big spill and the water was creeping over to their work. But if I assume that I know what a child is really asking me, I would have missed all those other opportunities, including the opportunity for the child to meet her needs by herself. Another piece is that for children, not every question is real. Children figure out that if you ask a question, usually an adult responds. And we are hardwired to seek out relationship, to be in relationship. We see adults and children and we see adults to adults engage in conversation all day long. And as soon as children start to be in interaction with the world, they want to be part of that relationship too. And they figure out very quickly, they're not very aware of this, but they figure out if I ask a question, an adult will answer. They don't yet have the skills for casual conversation, for small talk, to say, you know, how was your day today? Or I really like blue Legos. They ask questions instead. 
It's difficult, even as adults, to start a conversation with somebody out of the blue. But for children who are still learning how relationships work, that even if you're frustrated with somebody or even if somebody is missing for the day, you can still be friends with them and that you still love them even though you're angry with your friend. It's hard to remember for these young children that even if I'm not talking to somebody, they know I'm here. And even if they're not talking to me, they still love and respect me and I'm not going to be forgotten. So sometimes we ask questions just as a reminder that I'm here and pay attention to me and notice that I'm here or to just make conversation. I notice something and so I'm going to ask a question about it. We had a child come in and say, why did that fall over? Something had fallen to the floor, and they asked, why did that fall over? And I realized, I don't have an answer for that. I don't think this child is really asking about gravity. And there's not a reason it fell over. Sometimes things just fall over. Nobody was being malicious. Uh, no one was doing the wrong thing. There, there really wasn't a conversation here. But the child didn't have anything else to say other than just ask a question about something I noticed. Something has entered my sphere of observation and I wanna make conversation about it. So the first thing that comes out is a question. Why did that fall over? And so the response was, I don't know. What do you think? Asking a question back to the child. And their response was, in relation to the question, a complete non sequitur. It wasn't in relation to the item that had fallen over at all. They weren't really asking why did it fall over. They weren't asking a question about physics and if somebody had been doing the wrong thing or that somebody had been being careless. They were just trying to make conversation. And so asking the child, what, what do you think, opened the door for that relationship, which is probably in all likelihood more what they were seeking. I, I want to talk to you and I don't know how to start, so I'm just gonna ask a question. And so asking, what do you think? Or, you know, I don't have an answer for that. How's it going? How's your day? Or what do you want to play? Or asking a question back to the child or helping them to make the conversation themselves can be valuable for a child in establishing that relationship, which is really what that child is seeking out in that moment. A third way that we see children seeking information is in asking questions that aren't always clear, and that's when we, it's very important, we as adults need to ask more information. So I need more information in order to be able to help you. And we have an example for that too. We were playing outside and uh, the school is near a few streets. And so we get to see there's new construction. We get to see different types of tools or different types of mechanical devices coming by. And there was a truck that drove by and we didn't give it a second thought. And the child asks, what's oops? And this child happens to be learning multiple languages. And so it would have been easy to just explain what oops means. Oops means you fell over a little bit. Or oops means I, I sorry about that. Oops, sorry. Or oops means something's fallen over. It's just a reaction like ouch when somebody bumps you. It doesn't need to hurt. It's just something we say. It's an exclamation. But there was something about this child and about this child's question 
that made us think, oh, there's more information. I need more information to help you. So he asked the child, what do you mean? And the child rattles off, U-P-S, oops, what's oops? So this child was using visual cues and noticing the world around them and all those phonetic sounds that they'd learned with sandpaper letters and pre-reading skills and put UPS, the truck that had driven by, that we didn't give a second thought to because we immediately recognize that brown truck, whether or not we see the UPS letters on it. The child had put those things together in a way that me answering, oh, oops, means I accidentally did something. Oops, that wouldn't have served them. That wasn't really the question they were asking. And so instead, by asking more information, we could see, number one, all of the pre-literacy skills that are being put together for this child, the spontaneous reading that we see so often in Montessori and that's so mysterious and yet so clear when it emerges, the connections that this child is making, and we can really answer the real question, oh, that's a delivery truck. That's United Parcel Service, and they deliver packages. Somebody in the neighborhood got a package. And the child was very satisfied with that answer and walked away. And so the child seeking information is sometimes a cue to us that we need more information depending on the child, the context, the type of question, and what else you know about this child to help determine what are you really asking and how can I help you? Children are seeking information in every encounter, all day, and in order to best serve them, sometimes we need to seek information as well. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Bondec, and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondec.org. Until next time.